Welcome to episode 72 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. Plenty to go through this afternoon, as always, as we recap our last seven days. Plus, there's the London Marathon Elite Start lists to run through. But before we do all of that, in a week where the world's oldest person said the key to happiness was staying away from toxic people, let me welcome to the show a guy who's also got no time for toxic people, and that's why he's chosen to spend the next 60 minutes with myself and Shane. How's life over there in the southwest? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. What what would you class you you two as? Positive people. Positive, <laughs> positive influence on everybody. Yeah, positive yeah. influences. <laughs> We're definitely influencers. <laughs> but yeah, right. yeah, not too, not too bad. Biz, busy week uh, so far this week. So yeah, um, I'll I'll get it in there. I was. I was poorly on Monday night, so we didn't record Monday night. We're now recording Wednesday lunchtime. And I hope to get the show out in the next couple of hours. Josh is in the middle of budgets, so poor him. But just to go back, Aaron's ill. What? Yeah, I know. Shock. We'll get to that. Um, right. Let's welcome my other co-host this evening, who I just mentioned. Who still lives the student life in Lincolnshire? He's probably delighted about the teacher strike that's going on today because it means he can get off school, doesn't it? Is that how it works, Shane? Uh, no, it doesn't, mate. Some of us have to stay behind. Naughty boys. Uh, you sat in your office. I am. I'm about to stand because my back hurts. So, yeah, any, this, this any, is my and I've got some fancy posters behind me. Any clients going to come in in the next hour that? we can get on the pod yeah maybe maybe that's we should do this in the future is have this through some live treatments and you can hear me sprouting some pure wisdom to the lovely people of lincoln yeah or not anyway let's go straight into the weeks because i know we're pressed for time uh josh do you want to kick us off you can yeah why not so if you'll remember last week or the the week before I'm going to go through, I didn't run at all because um, I had delicate little ribs. So they were still slightly bruised. And to be honest, they're still bruised now, but they have been getting better. So I, uh, yeah, I started running from Monday. Um, so that was like the first, uh, first real test, um, to be honest, because it, it was kind of fine day-to-day life. First thing in the morning was pretty sore, like lifting myself out of bed, but um yeah otherwise it was actually not so bad um so monday i did six miles and then four times 20 second strides just to see if anything a little bit quicker um sort of fed up but that was fine and actually my knee um i mean my knee was certainly visibly the worst but my knee was actually fine um and it was in reasonably good condition at that point obviously still bruised and scabbed but not too bad so that was 625 pace uh, and then Tuesday, um, my rib was fine for the first half. So I did 10 miles at 5.54s. Um, it did get a little bit sore the second half. And I think that was just either one of two things, probably. The second half, I ran a bit quicker. 
So I've probably used my legs a little bit more of the, the muscles there or fatigue in that, those sort of muscles or as they've been uh, used a little bit more, they're probably a little bit more tired. And also I was using a lot of tiger balm. So it might be that the effects of that were wearing off. It could have been all three. Um, but yeah, that was the last few miles. I was like, if I was near a home, I'd probably done eight, to be honest. Did you like my comment? Uh, um, what did you say? Oh, seven comments in this run. Oh, easy run to the weekend. That was an easy run. <laughs> uh, Wednesday um, after work again. So I went out, did a pretty similar loop, um, just a slightly, slightly different variation. Um, but I did 12 miles. So my, my rib was better. Um, certainly better, a similar pace, 557s. My knee, however, didn't hurt, but it was definitely infected. So I put a picture on my Strava and it is very, very yellow. Um, yeah, not not great. So I tried to just avoid touching it. I bet, And I think that's because I hadn't really cleaned it. Off. I didn't really clean it after the race because it hurts a lot. And I think it probably scabbed over with dirt in it or like gravel. So yeah, not ideal. I, I, particularly, I particularly liked uh, Jep's comment on that one. Yeah, try gracing onto a, a pasta bake. <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, honestly, if you if you've not seen the photo, go and look at it. It's disgusting. And then you'll never eat a pasta bake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that. Um. So yeah, that was Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, Rob said I could run a little bit quicker in the second half of my run uh, if all was good. So I went out with Alex from work. Um, and Alex is doing London Marathon, but I don't think he's that fit at the moment. So. I think, I don't want to discredit him, but I think he's run about 1640, 1645 ish for 5K. Um, I don't think he's in that shape at the moment. So he did the first five with me, and it's the hilly loop from the office. So I've run this with Steph before. Um, so we did the first half in like 623s, and he was pretty happy with that. And I was like, right, well, I'll, I'll see, I'll try and push a little bit quicker the second half. So I got, I got the average down to 602s. Um, but that's up that hill I was working quite hard um, I don't know Aaron can you see the gap on that probably not uh, I, just, yeah. I, I just like that you just admitted to working hard I think that's a, <laughs> oh I was that's a positive yeah, yeah. Step change we've had um, well my my ninth mile was 520 and I was running invincibles so but, but that was 233 foot downhill yeah yeah, yeah. but two before, before that yeah, I mean, is is that <laughs> right? Qu- question: Is that two miles of constant uphill? Was it yeah. like rolling? No, no, it's, con- it's just pure. Yeah. Fucking hell, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah, that's why you can get rolling down. The only downside is on the on that down mile. There's a little bit we go through some trees and it's a bit muddy, so you can't sort of go too hard. But then the rest of that, I ran down the middle of the road, which is quite busy. Oh. Shane, to answer your question, it's um, it's about a mile and a half uphill. So all of that elevation is in a mile and a half. But good that the yeah, it looks like Josh, the gap on Strava has gone. I tried to look at this the other week or something. It might be because I don't have premium anymore. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, like I said, that second mile I was running pretty hard. Um, and yeah, that was fine. My ribs felt fine afterwards. Um, Invincibles is certainly not the shoe to do that type of running, but they were the only ones I had in the office. Um, 
saya that was that um then friday just a recovery eight miles so i went out pretty late it's half seven by the time i started i don't know why i started so late that day actually um but that was 623 average again every day really my ribs have been getting better um and then i did something a little bit hard on the saturday so it's meant to be three mile three by mile off 60 seconds at sort of threshold and i because i hadn't run very hard since valencia i kind of got that the first the first miles under tree so it's a bit harder to judge if you look at your watch uh, um i kind of basically just ran what felt hard um so the first mile was 449 then 446 that was probably a little bit backwind assisted and then 455 and that was probably headwind um but i was certainly struggling the last mile uh, sorry the last half a mile of that last one with what but, your ribs or just no 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 just i went too hard on the second one yeah yeah that, that looks a bit like what you would uh split for a 5k same order as well yeah i'd probably go a bit harder the first mile a bit so the last one <laughs> <I think. laughs> um yeah and actually coming off the back of that the warm down was pretty uncomfortable so again because i worked a bit harder i think it just opened my chest up a bit and uh yeah it it just probably just pushed a little bit more on where those that bruising was. Um, and I can I can still feel it in my back a bit as well in certain positions. So anything sort of movement sideways. So if I look over my shoulder to the right, I'm doing it on camera so you boys can see. Like that, I can feel that on my back still and in my chest. Um, just, just that direction. So it's definitely not 100%, but it's definitely better. Um, so that was with three mile warm-up, three mile warm-down. And then Sunday, um, I was allowed to do a longer run, but not sort of fully up to normal levels yet. So I just did 16. Um, so we had a bit of a squad with us. So um, Dan Hamilton, uh, who I think I've mentioned before, I've done a couple of long runs with. So he, he did 20. Um, and then another younger lad, Luke, joined us for 16. And then Kian, uh, he did the first six as like a tempo. Um and I don't know, I said to him, we'd probably do the first mile a bit slow and warm up. Out the door, we're a 6 I think one of them said 6.05, but I was 6.07 first mile, which I was quite surprised by. But it ended up 16 miles, 5.52. So, yeah, that was decent. Um, and, yeah, came off the back of that pretty good. And that's my week. Solid. Strong week. Yeah, so 72 miles. Um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't double in there. I started, I didn't... I, thing is i didn't there wasn't really i say much quality there wasn't anything sort of like session wise really other than that saturday so um i did a session like you say and we're recording on wednesday i did a session last night a bit quicker um and again that's fine so this week should be a bit more normal and we're now 12 weeks to london 12 weeks last sunday yeah 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 so i think I, i'm not really worried by by the fact that i had like two weeks which one ideal but yeah but i suppose um, that 70 mile week you just described it's yes there's not a lot of sessions but it was all steady running like the yeah exactly six minute mile and probably isn't it 603 isn't it yeah so you've done 70 of steady running which gets you i think gets you fit um yeah so yeah, I think you'll you'll be fine. You're not really. Lo- I don't yeah. get lost in it. And the other thing as well, that that seventy in single or seventy two in singles, right? Mm. So like yeah. a, a large 
portion of doing high mileage when you're hitting a hundred mile week is obviously a lot of it comes as doubles, but a big part of that stimulus is also is the fact that you will on a typical week be doing 70 to 80 mile a week in singles. And that's quite a good stimulus for marathons. So, you know, the doubles are the things that you can lay in last makes it easier. Yeah. I, I think the, the only, the only thing that again, concerns probably overdoing it, but I know in the original plan, I had 22 at the last weekend and I had 22 this weekend. So this weekend, I'm only doing 20. And then obviously I did a bit less. So that's my only real, like, I'd have liked to have gone a little bit. I feel like I've missed out to this bit there, but yeah. yeah. But you might have cooked not yourself. The, not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exa- exactly. Anyway, um, solid. Um, yeah. Shane, I'm just going to go for my week because as Josh mentioned earlier, I was ill again. So this should be really quick. It's actually really easy to filter for once because it's gone to my activities. I haven't ran since the last time I ran on Tuesday, so it's quite easy to find them. So and let's just confirm you you haven't run since the last time you ran on Tuesday last Tuesday. Yeah, All right. you know what I mean. They were just easy <laughs> to find. You usually have to go searching for. Anyway, right Monday, I was in the office, and my plan at the start of the week was to do. 15% more than I did the week before. So me and Phil did the same run and he's labelled his with Mr. Scott the extra 10% because I told him I'm just going to do 10% more on every run pretty much to get my extra mileage. We did 67 minute, 15k I think it was at sort of 7.13s, so 9.3 miles. Felt fine, felt much better than last week because even though I'd done a, a longer run on the day before, it was flat, so I actually felt pretty good on this run. Chatted with Phil about no end of things, so good little run that was Monday. Tuesday, I I basically was going to do my session in the day, and I left it too late, surprise, surprise. So I had to run to get the car from Jenny's mum to pick up Eliza from nursery. So... I did two and a half miles at 7.06ers to go get the car, picked Eliza up. And then three hours later, once she was in bed, jumped on the treadmill for my session. So we'll call that a Josh Lund shakeout, shall we? Is that what it is, Josh? A little shakeout? Um, you need to go longer longer and faster. That's the problem. I was late yeah, as well. So I, was, I, was, I felt like I was smashing it. And it, was sub, it was about seven minutes by <laughs> then. And I jumped on the treadmill for 30 fresh 30 minutes at threshold um so with a warm-up and cool down that was 9.3 miles i think i ran the threshold around about 5 10 average pace for 30 minutes so pretty quick pretty good not as quick as i was running sort of three weeks or so before that but i felt like i was like turning a corner a bit and yeah back on it to then go in the house and I was I was in the kitchen so it was probably about half nine and my nose just started to run and like stream and I couldn't stop it I kept sneezing I was absolutely fine on the treadmill like an hour before and I was like oh I best not be getting ill and obviously that night it got worse and I woke up in the morning with like a full blown cold however on the positive note it has been very mild, like very like a normal cold. It's just I can't shake it. So I didn't I 
I just don't, I've like zero energy. So I like keep wanting. To, so basically I took Wednesday off. I was going to run on Thursday, but I had zero energy. I was like, I'll, I'll run on Friday. And I did the same Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was like, I'm going to run. Like Sunday, I, I kind of was going to run with James. And then I thought, no, doing six by three K as his marathon pace is a stupid idea when I've been ill. And then, I mean, well, yesterday I tried out running and I managed 10 minutes and I was knackered. I also, stupidly, you know, when you start getting back into a routine and then you drop all those things that have been making you feel better, like going to bed early. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I start being able to run and then I'm like, oh, I'll just forget about my nutrition and my sleep and I'll start adding in more miles. So I'm like adding more intensity, adding more miles, doing more work at home and then no surprise, get ill. And also it sounds very much like you are coming off, whether you are or aren't, it sounds very much like you're coming off the back of burning out. Well, yes. What it's what long COVID essentially is very similar to, um, chronic fatigue syndrome it's just frustrating really to be honest with you shane knows don't i know yeah so anyway that's my week um nothing else to report so we'll go on to you shane well okay um looks like i'm going to be topping the charts from last week then i did in total just over 81 miles i think so another solid week and that's like i'd probably say third week back running properly or you know from being ill and it's it felt normal and I felt pretty good by the end of the week so um I normally go on how my body feels as to where I think I'm in at training and I don't think I've lost much fitness to be honest from when I was in over Christmas which is good so Monday Tuesday just usual easy runs both were about 70 to 75 minutes both were 720 to 730 pace um so we got to Wednesday and we had a, a bit of a, well, we wanted to do a bit of a session where we touched a couple of bases um, to sort of build, stroke, maintain, but we couldn't really be asked to do it as a session. So we... First, was it first and second base or you're going to third? <laughs> you never get past first base. So um, I did it as a, we did it as like a medium long run. So we, the session was three mile um, aerobic, three by one mile at anaerobic and three mile at aerobic. And again, if you're not sure what they are, just the the aerobic is about your two hour threshold and the anaerobic is about your one hour threshold. That's how I look at it. So uh, yeah, we just did it within a run. So it's pretty good. Um, so I ran 16.36 for the first three miles, which was 5.32 average. A mile in, I felt great. After that, I felt horrendous. I felt so poorly and just and I was like, oh no, and I've committed to a loop now. So I'm just gonna have to to go to get stuck in. So the the miles we picked up, um actually I felt really good on those. So running faster, I felt a bit better. So we did 504, 506, 506 ish, I think. And then the three mile at the end, um, dropping back to paces, I could see you smirking. No, no, I, I was just looking at the comment on that run and I read that as Josh Lunn and I looked at the link that that person had sent. And I was like, why has Josh sent you a link to a random group? 
And it's actually just I need to see this. Jose Luis. It's just because it's got oh. four <laughs> four letters in the first and last name, start with J and L. My brain just associated it with with you. I'm glad you're always thinking of me. Yeah. Oh, what what is it? I've not seen it. It's just a link to a a Strava club. Oh, I want you to be part of someone on the is Spanish Josh on the marketing drive. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Fantastic. No, that's fine. So, um, yeah, the last three miles, uh, I felt much better actually. So it was sixteen sixteen for that, and it was a five twenty five average. It, it actually felt really easy and. The heavens opened and it was horrendous. We just, you know what it's like in Lincolnshire. And the the rain was coming at us like sort of horizontally and it was very cold and very windy, but it felt pretty easy. So I was quite happy just because of how bad I felt in that first tempo that actually by the end, I felt so much better than when I started. Um, so yeah, I was quite happy with that. Uh, and actually I wasn't, I was quite happy with how, the sort of the miles in the middle felt because as you boys all know sometimes when you've not done that pace for a while or you've been ill or whatever a, a five minute mile will either feel really hard or really easy it's, it's there seems to be no in between sometimes and luckily it felt quite easy so uh shane for me five minute mile doesn't often feel very easy <laughs> that's, that's why you do five twenties is like my sweet spot that that's why you do uh Four forty-five instead. Skip, <laughs> skip the middle ground, Josh. I like it. Um, so yeah, no recovery run on Monday. Uh, sorry, on on Thursday morning. Um, so I did. Well, I split it up. I had a session with a client. I also had the dog, and I couldn't didn't have time to go back and forward to do stuff. So I did four with the dog before I uh, ran with my client. So that was four in like seven oh eight. Then did a session with a client, and then. Um, so all in all, I've, I've, and I think I missed about a mile off. So I think I did about an hour 20, about 10 miles in total. So, uh, yeah, nice and easy. But then after that, I did a long dog walk. And by the evening, I was ruined. But the main reason I mention this day rather than skipping over it is because I do miss Matt Clouds and his segment on finding underwear when he was out on runs. On a dog walk, we went down this lane and we found these lovely pair of red knickers and was laughing at them as you do and trying to get the dogs not to eat them. And then we got to a field nearby and then there was a pair of glasses on the floor. So we were deciding how many items of clothing do you need to find before you call the police? Um, and I opted for seven items of clothing. So luckily didn't have to call the police. Friday, uh, another easy run, a bit shorter, the 7.25, average 7.26. Uh, Josh will be disgusted at the pace of this week, I think. Um, so <laughs> Saturday, we did I'll our... Check, I'll check whilst we go through. <laughs> you check what it is. It's, it's going to be very slow, mate. Um, some, Saturday, we did a long run, and we did my favourite long run, which is the two-mile with the surges, uh, two-minute surges. So we typically run for about an hour or eight miles, then we'll do each mile, two-minute surge to roughly around about threshold. And then we'll the rest of the mile is back at easy. Um so we ended, I think we did nine miles before for the surges. So we did hour and two and a half in 653. And then the surges were 512, 506, 
506, 459, 459, 450, 454, and 452. Um, I'm under no illusion that I finished faster than threshold. Um, but again, I just as, as the run went on, I just felt better and better. Um, we probably averaged about threshold, but yeah, and and one of those, I think the the first 450 pace we did. That was my fault. We started on a like a bit of an incline, so I just smashed it. I did. I thought to myself, "What would Josh Lund do?" And I took inspiration, and I just hit it really hard Good. with the hope that I was going to ease off afterwards after that sort of minute section. But then Tom like got excited and also kept the pace going. But actually, felt pretty good for it. Um, That's the thing with those. I find once you get going, it's almost worse just to slow down so i just find if you get out a little bit quick obviously don't go crazy but it's almost easier just to maintain and, and to be fair i do i think when you when you're doing like two minutes i do kind of agree with you I, a lot in training when we go too fast i sometimes have the um opinion that well if you've gone too quick on a rep that's not that long well you've made your bed deal with it and then just regulate the rest of your session because that's what you've got to do in a race right you can't just oh i'm not on pace i'm going to slow down if you've got a decision in a race to to go or not go and think ultimately race you'll go the trouble is if you do it too much in training it will negate the adaptation you want to actually achieve but yeah i was quite happy with that by the end because i did feel pretty good um but then the next morning, I was reminded that it was hard and that I'm not in great shape still because my legs felt awful. Um, so I met up with uh, Ron and Ronnie was running with his dogs around the woods. So I added on a bit more than what he did. But Sunday, 10 miles again or just over, average 7.13. So for the week, it was about 81 miles. It was another sort of nine and a half hour and uh yeah actually felt pretty good going into this week so far but this 659 week... pace oh was it oh, oh that's not bad that's salvaged salvaged <laughs> so that's two weeks in a row on, on the seven minute mile in as well i'm flying so um yeah and i was quite happy this week we're got typical lincoln weather back which means we've got very strong winds all week so it's gonna be a bit miserable but Hey ho! So that's two weeks in a on a trot. I've managed to capitalise on Josh not running. As much. <laughs> yeah, you Take wait. It. That's it. You're done now, Shane. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, you'll be back on hundreds, and I'll be <laughs> like, no. My question for you, Shane: Are you marathon training? <laughs> yeah. Gonna, Are I'm you gonna do London? <laughs> um, <laughs> not fully. We were joking about this earlier. Um, I, I actually really do want to do a marathon this year so I don't think there's any harm in almost doing like let's call it 70% marathon training Um, what we're doing these runs so far in these type of sessions they're not that difficult and I think again today we're going to go out and because of the weather just do a bit of a a longish midweek run with some work within the run Um. But I think it will set me up nicely for sort of after summer, try and actually train for Valencia Marathon. I need to look into seeing if I can get into that or what's required. So no, I'm not doing a marathon anytime soon. 
but we are kind of marathon training. The other reason we do it is I get fast when I do this stuff. I don't know why, but my 1500 meter time will be faster if I do this type of work. So every summer when I cock it up, it's usually because I stop doing mileage. I stop doing aerobic work and I focus more on faster sessions. And every summer when I do that, I get slower. So um, I think uh, I'd rather do this type of work. And also I'm nearly 32. I've been running a long time. Um, I work, I do stuff. I can't be asked to spend loads of time doing structured sessions and get home at half 10 at night like Josh does. Um, yeah. So it's sometimes easier just to do this type of work. And there's no secret to training and getting in great shape. You just have to do it consistently. So as long as I'm doing that and I can sustain that, I'm quite happy. And then maybe in summer when the, the nights are lighter and we've got, you know, more time to play with and more general motivation, then I might sort of mix things up a little bit. But for now, this is simple. It works. I enjoy it. And we're just testing out different things. Yeah. Solid. Right. Let's move to Strava leaderboard. Just got to open. Um, Jasper, the flash, still still topping. So skip over him. Um, Kieran Walker's the next 120 miles. I did just want to say 16 people over 100 miles last week on the leaderboard. So, got to get your mileage. Happen season. Um, one of which, in eighth position, was Anna Bracegirdle, 102. So, she's cracked up those miles for, for Seville. Uh, and, and 24 average for Josh. Just go back to just go back to Anna again. Shane, she's massively done your 624 average That's for 102 miles. That's why I said six oh, sorry. for you. Um, and then, obviously, when you sort it by average pace, um, Josh will like to think he's top, but Nick Rose, three runs, average pace, 5.13. Is that Nick Rose who used to have the 10K British PB? I hope so. Anyway. I'm trying to, he's private, I can't see. It can't. I Warr- Warrington, so maybe. Yeah, elevation gain of five and a half thousand feet for five thirteens. Pretty pretty impressive. Um yeah. Anything else to add to that, Josh? Just Cardiff Boys just going strong again. Cardiff Boys got screw looses, that's what it is. Um let's move on then to well, the listener question that actually links to the news. Um comes in from Steve Bainton. He said, Who are you most excited about seeing at this year's London Marathon? So Fields announced this week. Well, the women's field is still yet to be announced. Josh is pointing himself. And as I told Josh, he should not be on that list. So let's kick off with going through the the men's elite list. Are um, we doing the full list or just the Brits? I'm just going to talk through the main people. Not going to talk about you. You're not getting any more airtime. Let's <laughs> pipe down. So... I think, was it four out of the five fastest men in history will line up at London? So just missing Elliot Kipchoge because he's in Boston. Um, yeah. So you have Kip Rutu. Um, he's got a two. No, that's a lie. Uh, he's, he, he, he won last year. He won last year, yeah. I wish they'd just all been properly. Anyway, Bikili, 201, 41. Kiptum, 201, 53. Legacy, 202, 48. 
and Geramu 202.55. As I said, Kiprutu won last year, who's got 203.13. So stacked, stacked sort of elite list then there. Um, I think also to note, Brett Robinson's going again, maybe looking to try and better his um, 207.31 Australian record that he, he ran in Valencia. So he's backing up another marathon because he did he did London in October last year. Then he's gone to Valencia and then he's doing another one. So it's quite remarkable how people are popping them out every few months these days. But there you go. Um, British wise, I would say the men's British field is probably the most stacked. It's it's been in all the well, my years. I remember, so probably last 15, 20 years, probably the most stacked. And I think, did I count, Shane, 16 British men under 215, was it? I think that's what I counted. Ish. Uh, one, two. Did, did you include Emil in that as well? Yes. Did you assume? Okay. I, think I, I think I did. Um, so in terms of British top contenders, obviously Mo Farah's going again, 205-11. Um, you got Chris Thompson on there, 210, Darry Griffiths, 209. Um, and then you've got the likes of Ben Connor, Josh Griffiths, Phil Sessman. And then, as Josh just mentioned, a debut for Emil Caress. So, boys, out of those men, what are you looking forward to? I'm going to give you a top three. And I'm lo- looking at this list literally now. I haven't thought about this, but I'm going to say Emil. First, Brett. Mo second, Brett. Josh Griffiths third. Is that so? That is that what most excites you about the the men's list we just mentioned? Well, just a meal. Just a meal in general excites me. Okay. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what what a meal does. I mean, I I think I said to you before, or maybe I said on WhatsApp. Just not fussed about the top end men. I just can't engage with for whatever it's reason. It's not relatable, is it? I can't engage with any of them. And um Kipchogis, I think, been a bit different. But the rest of those I mean, I think you mentioned to me was it Legacy the other week. I hadn't even heard of him. I mean I probably should have, but just it's probably one of those names you read and just sort of don't obviously there's Bikili in there, but whether Bikili makes a start line, who knows these days. Um, and Geron Muse had a, you know, Tola. They're all the sort of names you know, but I don't know, just not really fussed by it, to be honest with you. I think, like, the I, yeah, there might be an unpopular opinion, but every year London always builds up to be something big and it's always extremely underwhelming, especially when we have, like, four of the top five fastest and only Kitchogan missing, but typically it's usually pretty boring. It's going to be pacemates at world record pace to halfway. Then either everyone's just going to back off and not do much or one person's going to break away. It, it, typically I find it quite boring to be honest to watch. Um I would be more interested in the Brits this year because just because it is a bit more of a deep field. Well that's what nice. that's what I sort of hinting at like all the focus is always on the front end, right probably rightfully so. But it's not. It's I don't find it that interesting the way it's 
certainly covered. And I'd be more interested in in watching the Battle of the Brits a bit more closely. Um mm. because you're gonna get better racing, I would have thought, you know, watching Emil go against Mo and I agree. And, to go for it. and yeah. obviously, yeah, then then you're dropping in people like Brett Robinson into that mix yeah. who's gonna be in, in that way you think and actually that uh, becomes a bit more exciting than well i mean brett is relatable like he's, he puts everything on strava he has a podcast so you sort of know a bit more about him so you can be a bit more engaged in him um mm. and and yeah anyway let's let's move on well the women's field hasn't been announced yet has it apart from the british women's so yeah just brits i'm just gonna run through the the Brits, you got Jess Piazeki, two twenty two PB, Charlie Perdue, two twenty three, Steph Davis, two twenty seven, Rosie Edwards, two thirty one, and Sam Harrison, two thirty two, which you think is going to be significantly bettered the way she's been forming up late. And then interestingly, you've got Ailish McColgan, who's go you know going for a debut again because she was on the list I think in autumn last year but didn't quite make it. So, Ailish, what are we saying? I mean, it's so hard to predict the time, isn't it? You just throw it out there. I don't think she'll beat Jess. I think Jess will be will be first Brit. Kind of got up for as well. She's coached by Rob. Um, but I think, yeah, I think she'll she'll she might go off with them. But it, I mean, it all it massively just depends what she's like. The last ten k, it's it's harder to, when you've been through it, and you know. I mean, obviously, Aaron, you know more this this more than I do. But when you go through that sort of hitting the wall for the first time, when you've done it a couple of times, you kind of expect it, and you, I think you can deal with it a little bit better. Um, and I think that's purely why I'd say I think Jess will beat her. Uh, yeah, I actually well, I'm pretty confident. The thing with Ailish is she doesn't have bad races at the moment. And yeah. she stepped up to half, not had a bad race. The time she's been running over half, you would think a 220 is very doable. Like if you're a man running the times that she runs for 10k and half, you'd be targeting probably sub two. Well, there's plenty of men sub targeting sub 220 who haven't run as fast as her, put it that way. So, yeah. I don't yeah. think Jess is still a sub two twenty performer based on her speed. Like she's obviously very very fast. So, um, I think Charlie is in good shape by the sounds of it. So, I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a good battle. Jess, Charlie, Ailish, and then throw Sam Harrison into the mix. She's been. Racing. I reckon yeah. Sam, will, Sam will go with them. Oh, of course she will. She'll definitely go with them. Um, <laughs> if you look at some of her training, she's been doing the mileage. Will she hold on is the question. I think... Yeah, uh, that'd be good. I, I, I think Eilish might break 219. I think if she has, like you say, I don't think she runs that bad. And I, I'm going to ignore her rack half-time uh, just because Lon London's going to be more similar to well, London. <laughs> you can expect um so I, I I think yeah, unless unless it goes terrible or unless she doesn't if I think if she turns up ready to race in shape, which you'd expect, I I, I think she can run very fast. So but but I think, Shane I think she'll be street. 
I'll carry that. I've got both of so I'm just referring to Jess and Ailish. If you do take out her rack time, Jess is actually faster over her. When? When did she do that? Uh, last year, uh, she ran 67.20. Wow, could be close then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Ailish is capable of running. I just, I, I agree. I agree. I the, the pedigree yeah. Ailish has got, that's that's my basis. And yeah, but then you don't know what shape she'll be in. I mean, we're, we're looking off the basis of last year. I don't, is, is again, is, is Ailish, is she doing any indoors? Is she doing anything like that? I, I don't know. It'd be, it, do you know what would be really interesting is when we see the full women's list to what names they've got on there, are they going to have a big name who's going to run 214? If they do, mm-hmm. is that going to be detrimental to Ailish and others who will go with her? Um, I mean, you'd have to assume the winners always go back, right? So Yanale would surely be on the list. Uh, what, what did she run last year? Uh, I think she debuted in 2017. Right. So, yeah, I, I think the danger is, again, will this get lost? If you have some women running 215 to 17, you know, these Brits we just mentioned are still likely to be a couple of minutes back. I know they go off before the men, but hopefully they... they I mean, I think Ailish is a big enough name that they will cover properly a bit like they would with Mo. But yeah, I just hope it doesn't get lost. I'm sure it won't, but um, yeah. Here's one for you. Who will be nearer the front of the race? The lead Brit in the women or in the men? Women. Women. Interesting. Even with Mo in there. It's, yeah. it's depth, isn't it? Mo's not going to challenge. Mo's. Yeah, no, no it's just. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think Emil finish ahead of Mo if, if Emil cracks it so yeah, um, yeah. anyway well that that's the London Marathon covered <laughs> quickly hopefully we have the women's the women's list must be this afternoon uh, yeah I've been refreshing it uh, through the day and it, nothing's come up yet so so let's look, go on to some news couple of oh, British records to talk about first of all over in the States in Boston Sam Atkin broke the 3,000-metre British indoor record. It's actually fastest indoor or outdoor with a 731.97. Moves him to second European all-time indoors. Staggering. I mean, it's... me and Shane both know Sam. I mean, I trained with him as a as a youngster. He's Lincolnshire-based when, when he was in the UK. And it's... Yeah, crazy. He's it's um, I mean he's he's obviously always been very good and quite enigmatic in his performances. This is just another another dimension, absolutely another dimension. It's it's crazy. Um, I I completely overlooked the results when I saw the results. I I thought like I was looking at Adam Fogg's results. Like, oh, that's a good one. I didn't even see, didn't even pay attention to Sam in there. And then when I saw the first two. The speed they went, um, I thought there might have been a mistake, but then Ronnie was mentioning this on on the Saturday when we were talking about it, and he was saying something about obviously the the tracks being fast or right. this one in particular. And then I read something somewhere I can't remember what it was, but I read something somewhere 
sort of backing that up? And is it just a case of actually the, the rapid tracks? And is that why why aren't more runners flocking to these events? As well, well? I, I had similar thoughts and I I haven't done that much analysis. I mean, you mentioned Adam Fogg. Let's quickly just say he ran 744.14, which is 0.14 outside of the Euro standard. Why is the Euro standard at 7.45? Anyway, um, the I thought the same. I looked at those results and you had in Goose, didn't you run 7.28? You know, those, those top boys, they haven't yet mixed it on a on a global level so those performances you know running 713 shows you are capable of running 1245 1250 in a 5k are they going to be there in the summer we saw to, to, to be fair yeah to be fair to the goose he's a 1500 guy and i think he's just come out of college as well yeah so i get that he's yeah. just gone pro but and and we saw grant fisher do it last year to be fair Grant Fisher did do exactly that. But that is saying, Sam Atkin, we should expect yeah. next major champs to be mixing it with the best of the best in a 5K. Um, and it's, it's it's just, you know, I think because me and Shane know Sam a bit more, it's just a bit crazy to, to think that person could be doing that. I, th- I think like, yeah, when you look at a, a lad from Grimsby, uh, running 7.40-31 it's bonkers but oh anyway sorry just quickly well. about that track I I did think oh is it just the track is fast but that track goes back 20 plus years and yes it's been fast but some good people have run on it and not run as fast as these boys yeah that's true um, maybe track combined with new spike technology. So that's one side of it. But the other, the other thing we're completely overlooking is the is the psychological component to this, right? Look at, I mean, first of all, like well done to Sam. Like, I'm, that's incredible. I made up that he's he'd run well because it was a shame some of his runs in the summer when he he you know got a lot of stick for pulling out some races. But Sam has always been very good, but he's always been very enigmatic. But you look at his like the trends of his good runs he's had in the past, that 10K breakthrough, he did it when he was meant to be pacemaking. You know, some of the races that have come on the indoors. So he's done these quick runs and and fast performances at less significant times. What I hope, never mind him mixing it with the best, like if he can run 7.32, he's got the ability, or sub 7.32, he's got the ability to do that. So it'll be interesting if he does go to Euros and does do the 3K and if he can mix it with the best because that's his next level of performance that will be lovely to see him actually step up. Um, whereas you look he, at some like book charts... He's surely favourite for the Euros. Well, he's got to be, assuming Jakob's not doing it or... Hmm. But I guess if he's based in the States, it's if he's going to do it or not. But... Um, I, th- I think yeah, times are great and they're awesome, but so many so many components make somebody run fast. But what components make somebody uh, compete well? And I think they're different things. So I think I hope sort of Sam's next level of development is not just to keep running fast, but actually to compete well. Yeah, personally, good. Let's move on to some other racing. There's more indoor action. Um, normally, I wouldn't mention mention something this lower distance, but. 600 meter world record for Keely Hodgkinson in in Manchester. 
she she ran one twenty three point eight one, went through four hundred and fifty four and a half. Not bad. Anyway, let's go. There's a couple of three thousand meter results. Matt Stonia took the win in seven fifty one. Charles Wheeler seven fifty four. Uh, James Young and Ian Crow Wright were both under eight minutes two. On the women's side, Jenny Nesbitt took the win in nine oh three. From Eloise Walker, 906, and Rebecca Johnson, 911. Um, cross country, Northern Champs were actually in Blackburn. Josh said George Mills, yeah, he did run a 1500 meter qualifier. That is fair. George Mills ran 335. Northern Champs in Blackburn. It was Joe Stewart who took, took his first Northern title. Um, he was just ahead of. Carl Avery and Campbell in third. Um, on the women's side, Philippa Williams took the win from Philippa Stone from Scout Adkin. So if your name's Philippa, you've got a good chance. Um, looked pretty, it's a pretty tough course at Blackburn, is it? Is it still Whitton Park? It's got that massive saucer, is it called? Yeah, 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 yeah Whitton Park. Actually run, I've run around the bottom of it, I've never gone up the hills. Yep, strike it off the calendar. It's ruining athletics. What? Witten's Park. Awful, <laughs> awful. And then South England champs were also in Beckenham, which we said were at Parliament Hill. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was still pretty muddy. Um, apparently not as muddy as it was for there for a race a few weeks ago. On the women's side, Georgie Brunevels took the win from Andrea Clement and Neve Brown. And then on the men's side, the winner of last year's juniors race stepped up to the seniors, took, took the win, James Kingston. Uh, he took the win from Alex Petro, just outkicked Ben Alcock for the medal positions. Um, James Kingston, familiar with his name? Yeah, he's been running well on the cross all year. So well that you'd expect him to beat Alex Lepetra on the cross, probably yes. On the road, no. Alex would beat him. So, I mean, I'm... He, he he was like, I think he just missed the team at Liverpool under twenty threes. Yeah, but Alex, so, just, Alex I think he, yeah, run. but he was just outside the team positions on the seniors, was he not? Uh, I think James beat him at Liverpool. I might okay. be wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Fair enough. Um, let's move to... Yeah, he's, he's, he's good across. Which I also said was in a different... I said it was at Woolerton. It was at Newbold Common, which is Leamington Spa, I think. Uh, Gemma Steele... Yeah, her running revival is pretty much complete now. She's She took the win from Julie Emerson and Amelia Samuels. And on the men's side, Jack Gray took his first Midlands title from Sam Mokes and Kurt Taylor. So, um, I don't want to discredit anybody's wins at any of those races, all phenomenal runs. Particularly on the men's side, I felt uh, there was a lot of names missing from the regional cross countries this year. Um Yes, yeah, I, I did actually agree agree to that. To be yes, fair. I scouted the results, but there was uh, there was a lot of people where you would expect, oh, 
say the people that normally do it sort of weren't there. Well, if you if you take the winners, I'm just going to say on the men's side, I think probably the women's side as well. Did any of maybe Georgie run GB? Did any none of those run run the Euros? Did they cross? So, um, no, I wouldn't have thought so. So yeah, a few names missing. Be interested to see if they do come out of the woodwork for nationals and then put and names forward for the world cross which is fast approaching um i'm not sure what the selection criteria is for bathurst but who knows maybe should find that out for next week um i i have a feeling it might just be sort of form and i think there's some times you have to run so and i know this because that's what zach mohammed did in valencia so for the men i know you have to run under 28 30 okay fair enough so last couple of results on the roads. Uh, there was a cycle women's marathon at the weekend in Japan. Alice Wright ran 2.29.50. So that's her third marathon of her career. Has she ran faster than 2.29.50? I'm not sure, but just quickly quietly. going back to the last point on the World Cross, the team just got announced. British team? Yeah, I saw well, Zach Mohammed. uh you you carry on and I'll well, you, find yeah it. you find that anyway she went out fast she went out at 225 pace and just sort of fell away a little bit and then over in Seville there was a half marathon I saw Naomi Mitchell ran 7205 just outside her PB to finish sixth looked like good conditions in Seville I didn't know they had a half marathon but sort of getting a reputation a bit like Valencia for a range of fast races have you got those names Josh yeah, so I'll quickly read, read through the team. So on the women's side, you've got Abby Donnelly, Megan Keith, Amelia Quirk and Poppy Tank. And on the men's side, get ready for it, Zach Mohammed, And that's it. Uh, and then in the the relay team is Alex Bell, Callum Elson, Alex Millard and Joe Wigfield. Under 20s, Rebecca Flaherty, Zoe Gilbody, Megan Harris and Hannah Riding. Under-20 men, Ed Bird, Luke Birdseye, Jacob Deacon and Sam Mills. There you go. Okay. And I think the men's and women's that you read, none of those ran regional cross. No. So, there you go. Right, boys. Anything coming up that you know of next week in the world of running? Okay, there's a no. <laughs> um, uh, Bucks cross country. Okay. Josh is still involved in that. Oh, Shane, you should be. <laughs> You could qualify for that, can't you? <laughs> I thought about it and then realised going on my own with uh, a, represent- a sole representative of university at the age of 31. I decided against that, to be honest. Shay, it's not far from my house. Really? Oh. Is yeah, it Cardiff? It's again? probably like... Uh, no, it's um, Pembury, I think it's called. But it's between Cardiff and Swansea. To be fair, I think it got announced really late as well. Yeah, it did. Like, maybe just before Christmas. Yeah, so I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And after my cross-country attempt at Mansfield for the relays, I figured I should keep that to the minimal this year. The one books cross that I did was actually called Booster Cross back in the day. Oh, you're so old. The It was in Swansea. And I stayed in Cardiff, Josh. Anyway, what's happening, in your, what's happening in your life 
next week, Shane? Um, I have a quiet week at work, hence why we're recording uh, at lunchtime. And um, I've actually, I've got, uh, I'm directing Parkrun this week, so I need to sort of get onto some volunteers and uh, get that all sorted. Well, I'll put this out now. So any any listeners want to volunteer at Dollington Parkrun, give Shane a shout. Yeah, we need some marshals. So get right. yourself on board, bring a flask of tea and sorted. Josh, what are you doing? Um, I'll be buying some Invincible 3s tomorrow morning uh, out at 8am. So see how many colourways I can get. Uh, I've got quite a busy week at work this week, actually. Um, so, yeah, work, back to running. I don't really have any many doubles this week, so I'm doubling tomorrow. So probably just evening runs and back to 20 miles on Sunday. And then not, not too long, I'm actually going to Spain for a couple of weeks. Um, not too distant future, so that'd be good. Get out of the cold weather. My plan, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to try and enter Valencia today. Oh, I was going to say, actually, one question before, sorry, before Valencia. Any progress on London? Me? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I can run if I want to. Uh, okay. But not from the elite or the championship start. I think that's probably the suitable start for you at the moment, is it not? <laughs> oh, listen to him. It's <laughs> named on the elite start list. Right, boys. We wanted to record in 60 minutes. We've done 62 minutes. So on that note, I'll speak to you again next week. Ciao. See you later. Bye, bye guys.